This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Made For This. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling. Everyone notices them. Yes, they have chic, pointed-toe flats, but they have tons of iconic, head-turning designs and bright but sophisticated colors. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. On this episode of Made For This, we are going to be looking at Philippians 4 verses 14 through 16. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, No church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. And now, here's Jenny. I think one of the biggest barriers we all face to having deep friendships is actually expressing our own need. And I've noticed this in myself constantly. It's so hard for me to tell people when I need something. I feel guilty about it. I feel bad about it. And I know that everybody is the same way with me. And so therefore we end up living these kind of lives beside each other, waving and and not really entrenched in each other's lives. When you look back at biblical times, I mean, people were cooking together. They were taking care of their kids together. It was a village mentality. And even if you go around the world right now, a lot of cultures still keep this. Whether they live in communal living spaces or huts and villages, you see this idea that life is meant to be lived together. And I think one thing in our plenty in America and in the West that we've lost is that we are able to order our groceries on Amazon and they ship them to our house. You know, we really don't need each other or run into each other the way that most communities in almost every generation has. And so what Paul's going to end this passage in this book with is he's going to actually describe that that kind of communal living. And he's going to thank everybody for the way they've loved him, for the way they love each other. And he's going to say, you know, I don't it's not that I care what you've done specifically, but I just care how it has furthered the gospel and I care how it has knitted us together. And and so I think this idea of like really being excellent at love and really being excellent to of expressing our need, those are two things that can develop friendship. I think about First John 4, it's one of my favorite passages where it talks about, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And so there's this idea that because we are loved by God, we are people who love and we're good at it. We become pros at it. Listen, just show up in really cool, creative ways for people. And and I'm telling you, that is magnetic. It is magnetic and it is contagious. So as we love better, I promise you this, you will see yourself and your needs being met in bigger and better ways because this is how we were built to live. I think we think we can rescue ourselves. I think we think we can figure it out. And we're sitting in the closet and we're trying to get out. And yet it's more like we're in the trunk of a car and we really can't get out. Somebody's got to open the trunk for us. And to do that, we got to say, we got to say, hey, help me. And that takes a lot of vulnerability. It does. And, and so I think we're going to have to ask for help. I know showing up for people and showing up yourself and, you're, and revealing what you need, it's, it's so scary. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I am saying it's going to be worth it. God says that the best way for us to get free is to do life with each other. He built us as a body, Christ being the head, each of us taking our different parts. 
we have to depend on each other. And to do that, we've got to trust each other. And it's not easy to trust each other. In fact, it's probably one of the hardest things in the world to trust each other. And yet the beauty of building this kind of life is that we will get more free. Like our lives will look more like Jesus and our sin will fall off as we put people in our lives that challenge us, that encourage us, and that push us more to be like Christ. And the more that we lean in to the community that God designed for us and that he built for us, the more that we are going to find ourselves running our races, throwing off the sin that so easily entangles us and fixing our eyes on Jesus. And it's how we were built to live. We need each other. I know that this is not easy. What this whole season has called us to, like it's, it's, so much deeper than, hey, get a separate club. Hey, build some friendships. This kind of community that God calls us to is deeper than any of us realize. To be fully known, to be someone that lives without a facade. And I don't think any of us want to be that person that has a facade, but I think we accidentally become those people sometimes. And this thing that that the scriptures calls us to, it is costly. It's deeper than having some friends to go to dinner with or celebrate your birthday with. It's it's being fully and completely known, and it's terrifying, and it's not always safe. I think I should say that really clearly, that we're talking about a risky endeavor, and I wish I could call you to this thing or God as he calls you to this thing, that I could run around and protect you and make sure that those friends are good listeners and make sure that those friends are healthy people and make sure that nothing goes, you know, and gets codependent. But but honestly, all of it is risky and scary and we will mess it up. Take great comfort in that. We will mess up community. And and I've watched myself get so discouraged about that. And And when I've messed it up, because I have been the culprit of it many, many times, I tend to pull back rather than lean in. And and what God says is, it's okay that you mess it up. Like my, my grace and my blood is enough for this, but you can't just not live with it. Like you have to have it. You can't just run away from it. It, it is required. And I think that's the burden that I felt through this study is just how not optional it is to not just have healthy, close friendships but to have people that know us completely. And to be known completely, you have to be brave and set down the things that you don't want to set down. Hey, it's Chloe. And this season, we are being, like I said, a little nostalgic here at Made For This because I can't even believe it, but we are arriving at three years of the Made For This podcast. And one of the things that has been most consistent all three years is our love for Rothy's. Like they are so comfortable, so cute. I get so many compliments when I wear my Rothy's. They're known for their chic pointed toe flats that you've probably seen, but that's just the beginning. They have tons of iconic head turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus they work great with every outfit. So you can dress them down, you can dress them up, And what I love about them personally is that they're breathable, they're comfortable, and you can wash them. Yes, cute shoes that you can wash. I love wearing my Rothy's when I travel on airplanes. They're easy to take on and off. They look cute and make even a casual outfit feel a little bit extra sassy. Even after three years, my Rothy's still feel brand new because of the way that they stretch 
all their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. So they've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far making shoes. How cool is that? Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash made for this for $20 off your first order. We started out really with just two couples and Carla and I would go on weekly walks and kind of talk about life and then it became three couples and then we jumped from three to five and we kind of waited to do all the big put your life out there stuff until we felt like the group was complete and so one of those was the money discussion, which if if you're willing to take that step and truly put it all out there, it creates a level of trust. If I can talk about this, if I can put this on the table and not be afraid of judgment, then I can start bringing other things. And then the other thing we did was everybody took turns sharing their what we call life map. So it was from birth to yesterday, where has God taken you in your life, your family of origin? your formative years? When did you come to faith? What did that look like? How has that impacted your adult life? And so knowing each other from the beginning, even if you didn't know each other from the beginning, is where you have to start. And so you have to kind of put your fear of man aside and be willing to, this was the ugly part of my life. This was the doubt-filled part of my life. This was the lonely part of my life. So that you feel like you're not hiding anything and therefore, people can kind of feel like they have the permission to delve in when you start to say, we're wrestling with this or we're wrestling with this. And you, A, understand better where they're coming from because they've told you their life story. And B, you feel like they've given you permission to speak into it from the biblical place. And I will say when we share those stories, everybody had their dark season and their dark stuff that they've been through, that they've chosen. and. I, I think it kind of levels the playing field of like, you know, when that marriage struggle comes up, you aren't as afraid to bring it because you know the different seasons everybody's walked through. So, you know, I think what you can tend to do is tell the happy story rather than the real dark, hard stuff. And so much, as we've talked about on the season, so much of our lives are shaped not by our decisions, but by our environments and our stories. And we're all products of our past. And so it's like if we didn't have that piece, it would have not it would have started out really shallow, I think, or we would have been mm -hmm. missing. Well, and I think if you're a leader or you're in a group where you want to model that, you got to step out and just do it yourself, right? The first story, if it's sweet and nice, everybody's story is going to be sweet and nice. And so you always look for that person in your group like, hey, I know you have a story and I know it's yucky and I don't, you probably don't want to go first, but will you please go first? And it breaks down a lot of barriers like, whoa, okay. <laughs> My story's not so bad after all. And so you can, you can talk more into those types of things. And then even if you meet lightly at first, you know, instead of going and tell me what you did this week or tell me a happy thing, like just tell me one struggle you had this week and tell us why it was a struggle. And that opens some doors because then people can ask more questions and then people open up more. The only way you're going to get there is if you model it, I think. And I think all you guys do a great job of modeling that now. But if you're 20 and starting your own group right now, like what does that look like? You know, you, you haven't been divorced eight times or whatever it may be, but you got to put yourself out there. And the more you put yourself out there and the more other people are going to put out there and go, wow, okay, this is good. I can do this. Well, and one of the things that we've done in a season was when we meet together, we had three questions. How are you feeding your soul? How are you feeding your flesh? And how are you feeding others? 
knowing that you're going to have to come answer those questions encourages you to be in the Word regularly and to be self-evaluating regularly about how you're filling your time and your days. And how are you entering into relationships so that you can answer the questions <laughs> when you come? You know, I would have thought what we're describing would have felt unsafe, candidly. I just, if I were listening to us, I would be like, that's great for them. No way. I'm not doing that. That feels very threatening and invasive. And I'm not saying it's never felt that way. But what do you think has made us feel so safe with each other? I think that some of it was, it wasn't an instant group. So it wasn't just, we weren't randomly put together and it wasn't instant. So it was a kind of a thoughtful process of who kind of came in. But I do think a, a lot of times it's, everyone's going to want to be p- playing ball, right? I think you can get groups where people are like, hey, my church told me to join a group and I joined a group and here I am and I really don't want to be in this group and I really just don't want to share. You get to the point where you do need to weed people like that out because you can't, no one's going to get to the level they need to get to. And and the other thing is that you have to be willing to say the hard stuff. And I think in our group, we're willing to say the hard stuff. But I mean, there are times where I have to rehearse it six times over. Like, I'm going to go over to this person's house and I have to tell them X, Y, and Z. And this really stinks. And I don't know how this is going to come out. And, you know, and to be able to walk out that night and go, hey, I know that didn't come out the right way. But I still know that I love you. And that the next week they can come back and go, yeah, you still love me. And you said it the wrong way, but I still love you anyway. And I think that's what you want to be. That's what makes a good group is that you have to not only be willing to put your life on the table, you have to be willing to provide spiritual guidance on those people's problem. And if you just sit there and go, oh, yeah, that sucks. Let me tell you about your stuff too, right? You're just all going to sit there in a Ugh. pity party. Right? I would die. It, it would feel like the awful. biggest waste of time <laughs> if we did that. And instead, yeah. it feels like movement. And it feels like I, you know, a year and a half in, I am stronger. I am more disciplined. I am more at peace with our marriage. Yeah. I, 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 there's been so much fruit from this. And, you know, we talked about in a different episode that you kind of become who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what's cool is I really, really love who I hang out with and I'm cool becoming Carla and Ellen and Michelle and Elizabeth because y'all make me better. You're right. Iron sharpens iron and it is. Well, and I think Our goal is not to fix each other. It's to walk alongside each other and encourage each other in their walk with Christ. So we were talking the other day about when we counsel each other, are we parenting each other or are we paracleting each other, which is that's probably not supposed to be a verb. What is that? Paraclete? Yeah. Well, paraclete in scripture is the one who comes alongside. Yeah. And so we're not there to kind of tell each other what to do and parent and do it that way. It's... Let me come alongside you and enter into and understand what you're dealing with and kind of bring biblical counsel to it. Yeah. As opposed to trying to kind of make my perfect friends. Yes. Yeah. I think it's the it's the fellowship goal rather than the socializing goal. Yeah. And one thing I love about you and Matt as leaders is Matt sends an email every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an update email. But I think these little things matter. And so I want to share them. They do. And Matt you know, says, hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm struggling with. He kind of does those three questions, Ellen. He'll he'll do them in the email. Mm -hmm. And he's vulnerable with us. We don't always answer. Like a lot of times we're all just reading it for Matt. But I think it sets a tone every week of, hey, I'm here. I'm here Mm -hmm. for you. I'm Mm -hmm. growing. I'm not settling. And I'm not going to let you settle. Like that's what I see when I read the emails. Like this is, we are moving forward and that's our fearless leader. And he's not... 
apathetic about it. And and you mm. and Matt actually became Christians as adults. We did. Which That's I love right. because I think it brings a sincerity to all of it. Like you just are so real and it's not a learned spirituality. It is a smitten, you fell in love with God and you don't have another way to live spiritual. Well, and it's also, we know what it's like not to have them. Yeah. I think when you grow up in the church and you've had it, and it's really hard right now as a parent to explain to my kids what it's like to be without God because they've never been without God. They've never been out without a small group. They've never been without a church. And and to be able to tell stories like, this is how it doesn't work. This is how hard marriage was at the beginning. This is how hard it was just to get through life and get on the same page value-wise. And you really need groups to get you that. We have a lot of getting in a group sometimes will get you to where you need to go in your beliefs. Well, and I want to get back to your question at the very beginning, which was, do we use a curriculum? Mm. Yeah. How do we do it? And we have talked sometimes about, let's read a book together. But the other things that we've done, like Matt on his weekly email Mm -hmm. summarizes what he's been reading in scripture, which he's not saying explicitly, so what are you reading in scripture? But it is kind of that gentle lead by example Mm -hmm. encouragement for all of us to be in the word regularly. And then one of the other things that we have done this summer, we all kind of collectively as women committed to memorizing the same chunk of scripture, um, which was Psalm 103, which I have prayed through for members of our group multiple times in different circumstances, and it has filled all of them. Some of us have been more successful than others at staying on track. Are you always talking about me? No, I'm talking about myself. I'm behind. Okay, I'm behind too. And we keep track. But Carla Carla is so faithful to, not every week, but kind of every two or three weeks, remind us here's where we are in our memory work. Hope it's it's Mm. going great for everybody. So we're not necessarily giving everybody gold stars for staying on track, but there is kind of a steady encouragement and a reminder of the direction that we're headed in. But I think that memorizing scripture together has been, at least for me, mutually encouraging and hopefully all. Well, and it's been simple. Like yeah. we talk, so what you've heard, it's simple. we yeah. talk, we share our lives together, mm-hmm. we pray, mm-hmm. we memorize scripture, read scripture, mm-hmm. we are counsel for each other. And- is there much else? I don't know. <laughs> but I think like, let's just say there's a week you can't meet. Like you can get in a really bad habit of like, well, we can't meet or this person can't meet and we can't meet. And all of a sudden you're not meeting for three to four weeks. But it's like, if you're in a week where you can't meet, you better be praying for each other. And everybody should be sending a text saying, okay, what we're praying for this for Ellen. We're praying this for Jenny. We're praying this on and on and on. And then saying, by the way, I did pray for you. Right. And it just... You didn't meet, but you felt like you met because you're together in texts, you're still sharing your problems, you're still putting it out there. And I think that's an important thing about a group. If you don't meet, you still have to meet in some form or fashion, whether it's a text or whether it's an email. Well, I think about this summer because we were apart quite a bit Mm -hmm. and one of the girls was in the car in a fight. And she texted us all. It was so vulnerable. It was so brave. I was like, "I, I hope I would do this, but it just... I think it, and it led us all in to a hard moment that she could have hidden. Mm-hmm. And instead we were praying. And this is, God used these difficult moments where we've been vulnerable more so than probably a book or a curriculum. Or, mm-hmm. Okay, so practically, if somebody's listening right now and they don't have this, what would you say they should do? I think you, if you are in a church community and if you are in some sort of men's ministry or women's ministry that if your church doesn't have a community group architecture, then go to your men's or women's ministry director and say, this is what I would like. Do you know someone? Like if you if you truly don't know who you would be in community with, 
let your ministry team help you find those people. And if you do, if you know, hey, I've, there's a few friends that I think would, I think they need this too, and we I should think be over together. dinner is a great just toss the ball. I mean, you talked about this a little bit in some of your other podcasts too. Like toss the ball out there of if you're couples or if you're single. Like I really want kind of regular counsel and accountability on how I'm spending time with the Lord, on how I'm stewarding my finances, on if you're a professional, am I listening to God in my workspace? If I'm married or pursuing marriage, am I doing that in a way that is faithful? And so kind of have people over for dinner that you think might be interested in that and say, hey, would you do this with me or us? And would you commit to really being open? There's so much freedom in being known. I think there's you know, a lot of people who are afraid that if they're really known, they'll be rejected. And I just think that's a lie. If you are rejected, then those aren't your people. Right. Right. So people who really want to be faithful with you won't reject you. We are so excited for you to find this. Our hope is not to show you something that you can't have. Our belief is this is something that you can have. And so whatever it looks like for you to take one step today to pursue this, to make a phone call, to send a text, to mention it to a friend, like, hey, let's, what if we started something like this? It is worth it. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I promise you, you will not regret it. No matter how many times you move, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what you would call your friend situation right now, Jenny's new book, Find Your People, really is for you. It's going to give you all kinds of tools and exercises to decide who are the people in my life and how can I go deeper with them. And then there's tools for accountability and handling conflict. I mean, it's the kind of book that we all should have read when we were, you know, in second grade that we never got. So Jenny just so beautifully unpacks scripture and unpacks God's plan for us to live in community. So don't miss it. We can't wait for you guys to read it too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Made for This podcast. Love you guys. Love you guys.